We are back at the hive for another episode of Ceiling Breakers with Audra and Stacy, and we're so excited for today's guest. Yes, so we are talking to Jordan Walker today. She is the founder of the newly formed Bonfire Strategy, and um, we are just going to jump in. And Jordan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, thank you both for having me. I feel like I've been a longtime listener and first time caller in a way. So <laughs> I've been wanting to say that for a while. Um, I am 33 years old. I've spent my entire life here in Wichita, Kansas. I enjoy, you know, being outdoors and um, hanging out with friends. Um, I feel like I kind of have to say this, but I'm an Aries sun with a Taurus moon and a Virgo rising, which essentially <laughs> means I'm a hot mess. Um, <laughs> I'm a very intense person who thrives on building relationships, but I also really crave stability and structure. And I really don't, I'm not the kind of person to make decisions on a whim, like um, spontaneous, you know, decision-making is not really in my um, world, which the way that that has played out in my life has been that I've been very goal-driven and that has really been focused on being very career-driven. Um, I mention all of this because I actually feel like this is quite relevant to our conversation today because with my recent decision to start my own business with Bonfire Strategy, while yes, that was very much a professional decision for me, it was also really more of a personal desire for me to build myself up as a person and explore things that I want in my life outside of just being so goal-driven and career-driven, which um, I think plays right into why we're having this conversation today. So that's just kind of Jordan in a nutshell. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. I love that you're starting your new business with so much um, intention and, um, like you said, not not completely focused on, you know, this is what's next in my career, but more this is what's next in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just curious before we yeah. get started, did the pandemic play any part in you kind of shifting your mindset? A hundred percent. I think, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, I was very concerned about not only like how am I building up myself professionally and kind of getting to that next, you know, career milestone, but I was very concerned with how people perceived me as well. And so for me, you know, I, I love building relationships. I love being out there and networking with people. And so when you're kind of forced to be in solitude, and I think a lot of extroverts probably felt this, it was kind of a slap in the face of like, okay, but now that I'm not in the scene, who am I? And what is my role that I play? And I think, again, because I was so career focused, and I felt like my identity was really wrapped up into who I was as a professional, it really kind of made me wonder, like, over the past year, of like, okay, well, if you remove profession out of it, if I'm not able to be out in the community as Jordan Walker, a professional, then who am I really? And that really, you know, it was a good thing. It was a silver lining, because it allowed me to really, like, dig into myself on who I want to be, who I feel I am. And, you know, a lot of where I find joy outside of just being around people and meeting people who are doing really cool things in our community, I find a lot of joy with just being out in nature. And Mm -hmm. so part of, you know, this personal decision for me to build my own career and create my own company is 
again, yes, it's a lot about, you know, me wanting to explore other avenues of marketing and advertising and work with, you know, different businesses, but it's also, I need to get away from a desk. I don't want to be, you know, stuck in four walls. I want to make more time for camping and hiking and, you know, exploring. And so, um, yeah, that's just kind of, it, it really kind of hit me on, you know what, this is, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. Yeah. Or at least right now, we're evolving human beings. So we'll see in another couple of years. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. I love it too. Well, today I'm excited to have this conversation. So we're doing a follow-up episode from our Mother's Day episode. Mm-hmm. And we are talking to two women who have intentionally chosen not to be mothers. And it's so interesting because I just feel like people don't talk about this enough. Mm-hmm. And even we were having drinks um, a couple of weeks ago and some of the <laughs> yeah. ladies that we were with were just meeting us for the first time. And they said, um, oh, you don't have kids, Stacy?" And I said, yeah, she intentionally chose not to have kids. And they were like, oh, and just asked <laughs> all these questions. And so it's just one of those things where um, I think a lot of times people make assumptions when you say you don't have kids. So yeah. I'm super mm-hmm. excited to just like dive in. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's start with, if you could both tell me what went into your decisions not to have children. You want me to go first? You want to start? Do it. (laughs) Sure. Um, You know, I'm reflecting on this uh, leading up to today. I think for me personally, there were a lot of factors that kind of played out throughout my life that kind of led to me ultimately kind of making the decision and really kind of staking the claim of, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be a mom. Um, having children is not my thing. And I think the first thing that I really want to point out is when I reflect on just like me as a kid and who I was as a kid, you know, I wasn't that little girl who ever really like made believe that I was, I never played out like I'm getting married and I have, I'm having babies. Um, I even, you know, in like our friend group and we're like imaginary playing, I was never the mom in the equation. I was usually like the wicked witch or I was like some <laughs> oh traveling writer yeah. or I was yep. like the, the mermaid with the turquoise tail. Like that was my, my thing. I was never the mom. Whereas a lot of my friends that I would play with, you know, I'm the traveling writer and I'm bopping in and out of society. And I would have a friend that's like, and now I have three babies and my husband is doing this. And we're, and you know, that's all fine. But like, when I really sit down and think about it, like I just wasn't that kid. So even like having a family and starting a family that was never really on my radar growing up. And it's not to say that you know, I think a lot of assumptions that can get made is like, oh, well, what was your family life like? Right. And, you know, at that point in in time, like I had two parents who were still married, like I was around families constantly, um, you know, maybe being an only child had something to play with, play into that. I don't know, but it wasn't ever a, like, it's not like I had an unhappy childhood or anything that led me to, you know, not think about that. It just wasn't on my radar, but you know, when I really started thinking about, I didn't really ever start thinking about kids, I don't think until like high school. And I don't know, like how, you know, what in depth we want to get here. So just stop here and be like, nah, you know, we're going too far. But, you know, I think in high school, that's when it really kind of hit me. Um, of course, like, you know, when you're sophomore, junior in high school, that's when like all of your friends are starting to like, be in relationships. And that's when like the, you know, topic of like virginity is really like Mm -hmm. prevalent. I mean, sex is just like coming up constantly in high school. Right. Right. 
And for me, like at that stage of my life, like, again, I mean, it's not, you, you know, when you're hearing all of your friends talking about like, oh, being in relationships and like making it to that final stage with like their partner, to me, like the fact that I was biologically capable of getting pregnant, like sex terrified me purely because I'm like, what well, if I got pregnant, what would I do? Like, I have to graduate from high school. I have to go to college. I have to get a degree. I have to start a career because like, that is how my like life was going to play out. So for me, I was like, no amount of sex education could have taught me abstinence. I was more terrified of throwing <laughs> my life course off. Yeah. And just the fact that my body was built to be able to have kids that petrified me <laughs> and so that's really like I mean I was like I mean keep your filthy paws off my filthy drawers I don't want anything to do you know and it's not to say that I was a prude by any means I mean Audra we went to high school together like I made out with anyone um that wanted to make out but like anything beyond that we're not doing it sir um, and it, it was just purely because that was my, that was my life goal is like, I've got to go to college I, and I'm paying for my own college. And I had already known that, you know, mm -hmm. at that stage. So the financial aspect of, you know, having an oops situation or anything like that just really, you know, kind of hit me in high school. And then I think on, I guess, more of like a personal note, you know, the older that I got. And of course, like I've been with my now husband for 16 years. So we started dating in high school. So of course, like going through college, like we'd have a lot of people ask us questions like, well, when are you guys getting married? And when are you having kids? And it was like the child me would come back in to play of like, that's not even on my radar. Like I'm still trying to graduate from college. I'm still trying to get a career. Like that was my stepping stone. But um, I guess being in college, I was just kind of like, you know, I don't know if this is for me. I guess if I ever feel the need to have kids, I would maybe consider adopting before having my own. And a lot of that was really driven because while I was in college, we, we lost our family home to foreclosure. That was after a lot of the recession. And so, you know, I kind of got like just a little taste of what it felt like to not have a home and what it meant to not have your own area. And so when I was kind of thinking about, you know, that response of when people are asking you, when are you planning on having kids? Like to me, it was almost like a defense mechanism in a way, but also that just like internal feeling of like, I don't think I could bring a child into the world knowing that there are so many kids out there that don't know what a home feels like. Mm. And so at that stage of life, that's when I started really thinking about it a lot more of, I don't think I can have kids. I don't think I'm, I don't, I don't want children. And if I ever got that feeling of, am I missing out or could I give my energy in that way? Then if I were to do that, it would be adoption mm. for me. And at this stage of my life now, I, I'm still on the, I don't want children. I think there are a lot of ways that I can give my energy, um, other than taking care of a kid. Um, but that is always an option, I think on the table, if that were ever to come up. So that's kind of the evolution yeah. of my decision and in, in a really high level way. <laughs> yeah. My, 
And it, it's interesting how you kind of, like, bring it back to, like, childhood and yep. how, you know, you never remember playing the, the house mm-hmm. and the things like that. So Mine's very similar. Okay, I can't, <laughs> l- let me hear. I was going to talk about that, too. So I did like to play with dolls, but they were my little sisters. Mm-hmm. I was a very realistic child. I had a really, I had a big imagination, but I was just like, well, I'm not a mom. That's weird. So... <laughs> And eventually, my really good friend Amy and I would play, like, we were we were working moms and stuff, and we were very realistic with that, too. We had minivan, and we did play that, but most of the time, um, it was to the point where I always wanted to take my dolls with me, and I'm like, they're my sisters, and it, it was to the point where, when you had to draw your family, like... You know, in school, you know, you draw, like, here's mom, and here's dad, and here's, I have a brother. And then I put, like, here's my sisters, and it was my dolls. Yeah. And my mom's like, Stacey, that's not your, (laughs) like, that's not for real. Who are these? Who are these? I'm like, it's my dolls. So I always just, like, I'm like, and she goes, they're supposed to be your babies. Like, you're the mama. And I'm just like, no, I don't think so. Hmm. Um, And so I never really thought about if I was going to have kids or not going to have kids um, until probably high school. I think that's, like Jordan said, a lot of hormones and things going on. Mm-hmm. I worked at a, a daycare centers when I was in high school. I would work after school, like afternoon time um, with kids. I work uh, anywhere from, like, babies to preschool. Mm-hmm. And then in the summers, I would, like, do that full time. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching preschool when I was in high school was pretty cool. I thought I was oh, Miss really? Stacy. I was oh, like, I'm going to be a teacher, and I just thought I just love kids. But it was really good birth control, I have to say. I was going to say, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. Teaching preschool yes. and high school would have, like, probably done it for me, too. Yeah. Like, so I knew I did not yeah. want to have an oops. Um, but I just never really thought of myself as a mom. I loved, like, that. I loved being, like, the teacher. And then I was a nanny, actually a family at the first daycare center that I taught at, um, nannied for them one summer. And that was really fun to, like, get out and, like, take them to the pool. I didn't have to be stuck, like, working all day, although we did have fun field trips and stuff that we would do, but taking them to like swim lessons and I would do some grocery shopping and then just like doing all the fun kid activity stuff. Um, you know, again, loving kids, but being able to, to realize that maybe that just wasn't for me. And then I would say in college, Mm -hmm. when I got really into my leadership courses and talking about women in leadership, the course that I, I teach now, um, when I took that course and it was probably 2006, 2007, Mm-hmm. Um, we talked to, that's when I got really into like feminism and I was like the president mm-hmm. of the student feminist organization. And we we're talking a lot in that class about work-life balance, which we talked about here is kind of crazy with the, you know, our cell phones glued to, glued right. to us at all times. Is there really right. such a thing? But at this time there was, you didn't have to, you didn't get email on your phone. You mm-hmm. know, maybe you had a really fancy Blackberry or something, but you didn't, you could just like turn it off. And so it was like, when do you, when do you turn it off? And how do you balance all that? Mm-hmm. And can, can moms really have, can women have it all? Mm-hmm. That was a big discussion. Can mm-hmm. women have careers? Can they have kids? And I just remember thinking, I don't know. I didn't really know what kind of career I wanted exactly. I knew I wanted a career and I, I just thought, I don't, and I was never big on wanting to, like, get married and have kids. That was never, like, a big goal for me. And so I, I remember thinking, yeah, I don't know that I want that to be an obstacle. I saw it as an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And that's so terrible yeah. to say that now because clearly women do lots of things. And we know that from our Mother's Day episode. And we know that from, you know, Audrey and I have talked about that. You know, we've talked to, talked to lots of guests about that and just, you know, women in, in just in our community. That, of course, <laughs> they can work and have kids and have um, it's, you know, really helpful when they have a partner that's supportive and, um, can be a partner, you know, a real partner and all of that is totally like the way things are done. But at the time I was just like, I just saw that as an obstacle and was like, I don't really Mm -hmm. know that I want that. 
And when Tori and I started dating, we started dating right when I was, he was already graduated and I was getting ready to graduate. We were friends all through college, but we didn't start dating till later. Um, and we talked, we talked about it a little bit, how we weren't like wanting to have kids right away. And when he proposed to me, he was still on one knee. I said, yes. And he goes, but I don't have kids right away. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. And then I said, I don't know if I ever want to have kids. We better talk about that. And we talked about that. Like, of course, we were celebrating yeah. getting engaged. But we talked about that like that How night funny. about I if we want to have kids or not. Um, well, because like yeah. in, in our minds as American women, those are the steps. And maybe it's women yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. But those the steps are get married, yep. have kids. Yep. Yeah. And all yeah. happily after, ever yeah. after, I guess. And all during that time, you're told, well, you can be whatever you want to be and have it, go to school and have a right. career and do all these things. And I think that was just that moment for me in, in college where, again, that's not fair to say that because it's, it's, it sounds, it, to me, it sounds terrible to say. And I've never, I haven't really said that out loud to very many people that I saw having kids as an obstacle, but it really was. But I saw it the same way. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, that's an assumption that I guess we as women who don't want children also have to kind of overcome because Mm -hmm. I mean we have numerous mom friends who really are doing it all but and I always joke like you have some superwoman gene that the minute you get pregnant you have a different level of energy then it's almost like your body grows an extra gene that gives you more energy just to you know kind of accomplish everything but I totally saw it as an obstacle as well because And I guess like at that stage, like to me, I saw it as an obstacle because I didn't think I was strong enough. If that happened to me, I didn't think that I would be able to overcome it and get my dreams accomplished as well as being a good mom. Because to me, if, you know, I brought a child into the world, like I would, you know, give my heart to it and everything. But A, I wasn't, I don't think I was ever willing to like really sacrifice my dreams for that, but I also didn't know if I would be able to do both well enough. And so I don't know. It's interesting Mm -hmm. that that you say that because that's totally how I saw it too. Well, and even as a mom of two, I relate to that. And I think we Mm -hmm. may have talked about it on the podcast episode. I've had to do a lot of work because I'm like you, Jordan, very goal oriented, Mm -hmm. you know, always on a mission, someone uh, messaged me the other day and was like, was that you at Botanica? Oh my gosh, I totally missed you. I was going to say hi, but you looked like you were on a mission. I was like, I'm always on a mission. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's just like my personality. <laughs> like, that's just me. So it took, <laughs> to, that's just me. I'm always on a mission. But it, it, yeah. it has taken a long time since having kids um, to not see them as an obstacle. Obviously, I love my children so much and I wanted to become a mother very much. Um but then marrying the motherhood with the career, um, that's mm-hmm. an easy out, I think, to look at either one of them as an obstacle to the other. Whereas I really think right. for me, it was just about mindset and perspective work that I had to do to make sure I was enjoying my children fully for who they are and also pursuing my dreams fully. Mm-hmm. So I can I can relate yeah. to that as a mother still. Um, but, but for me, you know, I, I don't feel like I, I'm in that zone anymore, but I can still relate for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think you've talked yeah. about this a little bit. Um, cause a lot of my friends would always be like, oh, you know, you're just going to wake up one morning and you're going to be like, no. And I've heard a lot of people say that. And I never and I remember talking to my mom about it. Cause you know, of course my mom's not, she stayed home with us. She did. She's just the best mom in the world. I love you, mom. Um, and you know, of course, pretty devastated. They don't have kids. Like I only have one brother and we have two nieces who are growing up. They're teenagers. And it's like, of course it was like heartbreaking. And we had that conversation and my parents and Tori's parents and our families have been really supportive of our decision. But, 
um, you know, and they're kind of like, why, why, what, was it something we did or, mm-hmm. but that was something that, um, I don't know where I was going with this conversation, but, um, I think we talked that about, oh, the gene. Yeah. I said, yeah. I haven't, I just don't feel that. And this was several, this was when we were starting the brewery and we kind of use that as an excuse because Tori and I did have the, so we were kind of on the fence about the kid thing. Right. And we talked about that when we got engaged and then a couple of, and we said, we're just going to talk about it like every year. Cause we knew we didn't ha- want to have kids right away, but we weren't a hundred percent no at that time. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I always was, but he was always kind of, he, at that time he was like, whatever you want to do, which isn't mm-hmm. good. right. So he had Not to think about, helpful. no, yeah. he had to think, he had to think yeah. about what he really wanted. And so then, so when we were getting ready to start the brewery, it was like prime baby time for me. Right. We started the brewery when, you know, I was about 30, getting ready to be 30. And I said, this is like baby time. So we either need to decide. So, you know, we make a decision that we just don't want to do this and we want to jump in and, you know, don't want to do this as parents and jump in and, and do the brewery or we want to start the brewery and know that like within a year or two, we need to, I'm going to have to, this is going to have to be a focus where, you know, or do we wait? We didn't want to wait. Mm-hmm. We decided we didn't wait because we thought if we wait, we'll never do it. Um, right. So that was important to us. And then we just said, you know, we don't really think we want to. And we still said, and then we still said maybe at some point, but we were just going to jump in. And I think our families and everybody, nobody asked us about having kids at that time, even though we'd been married for a while. It was, it was like, cause they knew we were really focused on the business. But then we said, okay, well, by the time I'm, I said, by the time I'm 30, we have to make a decision. Yeah. Like as much as we can, do we want to have kids? Do we want to adopt? Do we want to do, and we just decided, we just both were like, he goes, you know what? And I and I really put it on him because I didn't want him to be that. Because I feel like a lot of times the guys are kind of like that. They'll just do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not. Mm-hmm. And there are some men who really don't want to have kids. But I think some men don't want to have kids sometimes, and then they just rise up to that when the when when their wife's ready, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of times mm-hmm. that's the that's the 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 heterosexual you know norms that we live in. That's that's yeah. especially here in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. That's just how how it's done. Or they just assume they get married, have kids. This is what, this is what we're gonna do. So I really kind of put it on him, and I was like, before I answered what I th- what I felt and what I wanted to do, I was like, I really want to know what you think. And he said, you know, I just really don't want to have kids. I think we focus on the business. Yeah. At some point, we can get out of the business more and travel. We love to travel. You know, we always yep. joke. I think Andrea Hatton here at the Hive and I have always joked about how. We say we love to travel, but then we never go anywhere. Like you have to be, and then we can't always do that, right? But knowing that, you know, maybe we sell the business someday and then we can really go out and, you know, and we just, we talked about those things that were important to us and kids just wasn't. And then I think Jordan, I agree with Jordan that if we, if we do, if I, we do really feel like I wake up some, some morning and I feel like I'm really missing out then we can do something mm-hmm. about that. We can try to adopt. I, we volunteer. I've always been a volunteer in the community with different organizations. I've worked in nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I feel like I can give my time in other ways um, and what that looks like. We're great aunt and uncles. I mean, we just we just, we just, just made that decision. Yeah. But we waited. I mean, we kept, like, saying, I don't know. And mm-hmm. we would tell our friends, well, yeah. well, when are you guys going to have kids? Well, I don't know. And we were really hesitant about just saying no just in case. But I think I always knew in the back of my mind that it was just, yeah, it was going to be a no. Mm. It's so funny that like you just hit on so many, I guess, similarities that have kind of cropped up in both my husband and I's like journey together as well, where I kind of put a time limit on myself too, like Mm -hmm. where, you know, being in my mid twenties and to me, it was always like, okay, if we had like it was never a we're planning on having children like that kind of aspect was never planned and I mean I wasn't a planned baby either so I guess like you know an oopsie (laughs) daisy is just kind of like a natural stage of life you know and so in a joking but kind of serious way we were both 
you know, kind of like if we happened to get pregnant, mm-hmm. then, you know, then of course, like we would welcome this child. We would take care of the child, all of that kind of stuff. But I very much had it in my mind. I was like, if I don't, you know, have a child by the age that I'm at right now, then I'm cut off. Like I'm not doing it because for me like that, I also, we both also have dreams of like traveling and exploring. And we like going on like major, you know, mm-hmm. primitive hiking trips and, you know, camping trips and things like that. And, you know, so for us, like we actually really like to have that freedom of, okay, can we get a week off to go to Yellowstone and let's just like, you know, bop from campsite to campsite on our way to Yellowstone. Like that brings us a lot of joy. But, you know, the other thing that you kind of hit on is that aspect of um, the, what you hear of one day you'll wake up and you'll, you'll just want kids. And I'm like, when does that feeling happen? (laughs) Or when does that actually, you know, come up? Because like, I don't, that's never happened to me. And I think for a long time, like, especially in my twenties, I was very much like, is there something wrong with me? Because I don't, that is not a feeling that I've ever (laughs) felt like. And when you tell people like, well, I've just never really been that maternal. It's almost like, I've spent a lot of time putting myself down about it because I've always thought like, well, because I don't want to check the boxes off like other women do, then there just must be something Mm -hmm. wrong with me biologically that I don't have that maternal instinct or, you know, that feeling of like, am I being selfish? Am I self-absorbed? Because I feel like I have a lot more to give and you know, hitting on what you just said, like, I, it's not that I don't like children. I actually love children. I just don't need to bring one of my own into the world. Like I love being that extended aunt to all of, you know, Adrian's family. And there's so many nieces and nephews that I get to love on. And then, you know, our friends, we have a ton of friends who have children and we love being aunt Jojo and uncle a, to all of them, you know, and that, that brings us a lot of joy, but in my spare time, I love giving back to USD 259 and going into, you know, public schools and talking to kids. I've volunteered with like Child Star and Rainbows United and, you know, these organizations that are dedicated to helping children, you know, throughout their stages of life. And so for me, I feel like that's how I can give my energy, but it took me a long time to get over that hump of, is there something wrong with me? And then realize like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just choosing to put my energy toward the next generation in a different way. Cause I firmly believe that it does take a, a village to raise a child, you know, and I want to be a part of that village. <laughs> well, I think I want to, you both brought up two of the same things. Um, the fact that you both like kids and that I think that's potentially a common misperception mm-hmm. for women who don't have children that they just don't like children. So that's, mm-hmm. or we um, don't want to be around your, your kids, which is like, we love to go on date nights, yeah, yeah. but we don't, I mean, I know that was one of your other questions you're going to ask, but I, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead, but, no, that's but that's, you know, like I, I, we love, we love your kids. We want to be with your kids and we like the date nights, but just adult conversation too. And I think that is a misconception that it's like, oh, well, if we hang out with Tori and Stacey, we've got to like get a sitter and we got to do these things right. and they own a brewery. So we're going to drink, you know, there's just all these things that they just, and that's fine. Kind of box you in a little but bit. But yeah, it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. And we want to, we, during the, during the pandemic when we weren't, or during the shutdown time when we were weren't able to be around a lot of our friends, we really kind of reflected on that. And we're like, we need to take time to be with our friends 
and spend time with their kids like where they're at too and not just yes we love the date nights we love mm-hmm. um you know and some and sometimes we don't always get invited to the cookouts because it is a lot of mom and mom and dad and, and kid to things and sometimes we do and then um sometimes you know we just don't always feel like we fit in so we actually next weekend we're planning yeah. we're planning to go hiking with some of our friends that have two little boys and they're really outdoorsy people and we're just going to go on like a day hike um out of town somewhere and you know we're just going to meet them and just ha- spend time with them like we don't have to we don't have yeah. to make it so difficult mm-hmm. i think and that's where it's yeah. easy when you're when you're your friends and you have kids and they have kids and you can kind of do your your play dates and stuff and i think that's you know we can we can be a part of that world too. Like you said, we can be a part of that village. We don't have to always. And yes, we love the date nights. We love kid time is great, but we like the adult time too. Um, But I think we can, we can be a part of that village and we can, and we can uh, be together more and it doesn't have to feel like it's such a, such a chore or it's such a, we're so different, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then do you think, I mean, I guess I wanted to point out too that, you know, it, it's kind of wild and kind of a bigger problem when, uh, you know, you're you're feeling like something's wrong with you based on the mm-hmm. expectations that other people are putting on you, whether it be society or your parents or your friends or whatever. And it, I mean, that's just kind of a general thing, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like maybe your parents wanted you <clears throat> to be a doctor or be more successful mm-hmm. or right. they don't approve of your choices. So just like what, um, just an amazing place to, to be at, I think personally, where you can say, this is my choice and I'm not going to apologize for it. And this is what is right for me. Um, and you can kind of like put your blinders on and not, you know, focus on what the world is Mm -hmm. telling you. So I just think that's amazing and and super brave. Um, so what you, what you just brought up kind of reminded me, one of my friends who doesn't live here, she made me aware of this mom's club thing. And I didn't realize it was a thing. And see, both of you are like, okay, it's a thing. And, you know, when you become a new mom, like you, I truly believe you do need to surround yourself with other yeah. new moms because you're doing mm-hmm. a lot of things that are not normal uh, to you. And mm-hmm. a lot, so it's like, you need people you need to be that. like, It'll be okay, or nope, take them to the doctor, or whatever. Right. Um, but perhaps, I, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on it, and not necessarily share mine. But like, the, okay, so I think that's probably where the moms club forms. So tell me your thoughts on like this whole moms club thing, like how it shows mm-hmm. up in your world. Um, kind of like you said, like let us be a part of your village. Just talk to me a little bit about the yeah. whole moms club thing. Like, how can we moms <laughs> not make it feel like we're being exclusive? Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like maybe I know that there are probably some other circumstances where I think women who choose to not have children maybe feel a little bit more left out. I think for myself, I've got such a good network of friends where they know that like I love them and through them, I love their children. Because if we were friends before you had kids, like I fully intend on still being in your life, whether you like it or not, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. just how I am. Like you're my friend until I don't want you to be my friend. <laughs> that's how I operate. Um, and so I feel like I've, I've maybe gotten a little bit lucky um, of just like, I guess our core friends of even if, you know, I'm the only non mom in the group, so to say, even if they're talking about like, oh, little Billy did this the other day and oh, little Sally did that. Like, I don't necessarily feel left out. I'm kind of just like 
absorbing the conversation like man this is wild you know this is what goes on in the world. That's funny. now I will say from a I guess like networking circumstance um you know kind of being out in the community there have been moments where like admittedly from like an outside perception I've stayed away from you know events or groups because if I see like who's going I'm like eh, I'm kind of a the odd duck out here like and I hate silence and conversation. And so if I'm in, if I feel like I'm going to be the person who literally cannot contribute, because what am I going to do? Like, oh yeah, my best friend's child, like <laughs> did this thing one time, you know, just to kind of be a part of the conversation. Um, I, I tend to exclude myself out of those scenarios just because one, I don't know if I can relate. And then two, I think a little bit of it has been like that fear of, one, am I going to get asked why I'm not having children? And then am I going to have to have that conversation with, you know, people that I don't really know? And then that's going to cause me to get defensive, you know, because up until recently when I've really kind of been able to come to terms and be really comfortable with this topic, you know, I don't know how to, I haven't really necessarily known how to like respond to those things other than just being like, no, I just don't want kids, you know? And going down that rabbit hole, but I guess, I don't know. I think I've been kind of lucky, but I would actually like to hear Stacy, like what has been your experience in kind of that mom club world of things? Yeah. I would say similar where, um, I don't always feel that way or I'll exclude myself from a group that I feel like it might just, I might not fit in. And I think that's really it is just that when I've been in those situations, when I'm the only non-mom or, you know, I just, I feel like I just, I don't fit in mm-hmm. and can't contribute to the conversation, but I haven't ever felt like I was, they were, you know, trying to personally exclude me. Um, and then that, mm-hmm. that does come up a lot where people ask, well, well when, you know, when are you having kids or, um, or why aren't you having kids? We get that a lot, you know, it's and part of that society, right? We're just, it, m- most people have kids still. I mean, even though the birth rates are really down right. <laughs> the last, the last um, like 100 years or so. They said it hasn't been since like the 1800s or something since it's been this low. But I mean, a lot of that's because of childcare. There's a lot of things in it. And some people have kids, but they don't have as many kids as they used to because of costs right. and childcare and stuff. But I think um, part of that's just society and part of that is because you don't say why you're having kids, right? Right. You're just, you're having kids. It's funny. Then we talked about that yeah. too. No one says... You're pregnant. Oh, my gosh. So why did you decide to have kids? Yeah. What made you decide right. to have kids? It's always, <laughs> right. why are you not having kids? And I think so, right. so part of that's just society in general. And part of that's regional. I mean, mm-hmm. living in <laughs> Wichita, Kansas, in the, in the Midwest, we that is the expectation. And, and the majority of people we know are having kids. And so we are kind of um, kind of the outlier there. And we're just, and that's the way it's going to be. But I think um, what Jordan mentioned earlier about she spent a lot of time making herself feel bad about it, kind of, and be like, what's wrong with mm-hmm. me? I think we spend a lot of time doing that and um, tiptoeing around some of those things. And really, it's just if we just be ourselves and have conversations about things, I think, like we're doing right now, I think that, you know, right. I don't think there's any, you know, certain certain topics we need to, like, parents need to avoid around us or topics that we should avoid around mm-hmm. them. I think it's just we know we're coming from a place that we aren't able to always contribute and we don't want to pretend like we are mm-hmm. and I think vice versa and and that's okay but mm-hmm. um, but yeah definitely 
I don't know. I never, I've never thought about it as like a mom's club thing, but I have been in situations yeah. where I'm like, uh, this isn't really for me or I'm just going to, you know, I was seated at this table at this event and yeah. they're all talking about their kids and I'm just going to, you know, and that if they ask me what I do and then we can talk about the brewery and, you know, and then a lot of times mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I just don't ever get out. Like, I don't go, to, I don't know where that's at. I don't go downtown. And it's just like, okay, you know, <laughs> so yeah. I think that's, that's totally fine. I think that's, you know, a lot of people can relate to that, but it, it, it's just, um, I think it's, you know, I, we have friends in Chicago that have a daughter and they're like, we have lots of people, lots of friends that don't have kids and they're not making any excuses for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't, yeah. they're like, yeah, it costs a lot. I like to buy shoes. You know, they're not, yeah. they're not making yeah. any, there's no, and we think we have to have an excuse. Yeah. Like right. our careers or we started the brewery or yeah. on a trout, we have to have an excuse for it. And it's like, we really don't. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because yeah. when we talked uh, about the, the mom's day episode, one mm-hmm. thing that you identified is that we were all sharing a lot of things that kind of themed around guilt. And so yeah. it's actually funny to yeah. hear yes. this conversation is heading in that direction too. So it's really just a women and guilt issue. Yes. Like maybe we need mm-hmm. to do a whole podcast series on I know women and guilt, why it's BS, how we should get <laughs> yes. over yeah. it. Because I said the yeah. theme I'm hearing is guilt. And all you guys, if you didn't watch last week's episode, you have to watch it. The, the look on your face <laughs> and Angela and Mary's face were like... <laughs> That's not what we're getting at, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm just hearing because they all mention, I'm like taking notes as we're talking and it's like they all mention feeling guilty because they didn't spend enough time with their kids or feeling guilty because they didn't spend enough time at work or there's this, all this guilt about yeah. not doing all the things and um, outsourcing other things and it was just all this guilt around it. And I, and then I told Audrey this and I said the same thing. I'm like, oh, not saying that like guilt is a theme, but just saying that that women in general, because I feel guilty a lot of times in these situations for not having kids yeah. where we're talking about, oh, I didn't get any sleep last night. Or I feel like, oh, I'm really tired. I didn't get any sleep last night. Like I didn't have, it wasn't because yeah. the baby was crying. <laughs> oh, my dog yeah. was just like barking at stuff. Oh, like I just feel yeah, like I'm like, being. I chose to stay up and binge watch yeah. the TV show or whatever. You know? <laughs> like, like I'm just being ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And I just, yeah. and it's like, oh, and it's, it's, yeah. And so it's, I It's just feel interesting how it's like a, it's an issue yeah. for women just in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. So to wrap up the um, thoughts yeah. on yeah. the conversation. Um, any, anything final you want to share on, you know, just your decision as women in the Midwest to not have children and just stand standing in that. Any final thoughts? I think the only thing that I would say, and of course it's, you know, kind of that coincidence factor, like, you know, planning for today's conversation, I started to realize how many women in my life that I have around that have also made the decision to not have kids. Like, I think I've always just kind of seen like this giant network of moms and, just underlying, like, you know, I could probably rattle off 20 different women who are also kind of in the same boat in the community and that there are a lot more women that are making this decision for themselves. And it's not, you know, it's, it's right for you when it's right for you kind of a thing. But I I just think, you know, one of the questions that you had sent me earlier is what, like, how can, you know, women on both sides of the coin, you know, kind of come together more. And maybe this is a part of that guilt conversation. And I think it's just, you know, like with anything where you have polar opposites is just having that grace and come at it from a perspective more of like, let me hear you out rather than immediately jumping to the oh, well, once you have a kid, you'll like it or, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of a thing. It, it's every woman is coming from a different space and where like, you know, maybe Stacy and I are coming from is more of just that intentional, like, it's just not for me. There's a lot of women out there who have 
you know, traumatic experiences that have led to their decision to not have kids or there are women out there who just can't have Mm -hmm. kids either, you know? And so it's not even a choice for them Mm -hmm. whether they want it or not. And I just think as a society of women, we have to get better at being comfortable with everyone's individual choices for themselves because we are in an era where women have a lot more Mm -hmm. opportunities And we have a lot more things that we can do. We're not just told to be at the home and raising kids anymore. And so, you know, this is going to be a prevalent conversation for years to come. And I think if we all just kind of approach it with a little bit of grace and open-mindedness, then there's going to be a good baseline. But also just making that note of it does take a village to raise a child and we've got to lean on our village because every impression that that kid has through their life forms who they are. And I'm here for it. And, you know, really looking forward to the next generation. Honestly, they're going to help fix a lot of challenges that we have in front of us. So, so yes. I'm hearing from you to, uh, for, for people who are in relationships with women who are not parents to just be curious um, instead yeah. of making assumptions about, you know, you, you know what's best for their life or assumptions about anything really why or why not they're not having children right and I think in Jordan pointing out I wanted to piggyback on that that we are you know it's great that Jordan and I are in a place where we can choose to not not you know not it's not a not always a choice in fact most of the women I've met in my lifetime who don't have children couldn't have children which Mm -hmm. is a totally different Mm -hmm. topic but um and also you know we're both we both happen to be like um more privileged um, mm-hmm. you know, white ladies and heterosexual relationships, which that's not always, you know, that's the norm is so, di- we say the norm, it's so different now. And I think this young, like you said, the mm-hmm. younger generation is coming, you know, we, they, there's lots of different lifestyles and there's lots of different ways to have a family or to not have a family. There's lots of ways to, to be in relationships that I, I'm so excited for this younger, the younger generations. Yeah. And I know I'm, I feel like an old lady, but I just, I'm so excited for how it is very, the gender, it's very gender fluid. It's very, mm-hmm. um, um, like you said, the op- there's more opportunities and it's seen as like, it's for, you know, uh, opportunities that are for everyone and not just, well, this is not putting us in a box of this is what is expected mm-hmm. of men and this is what expected of women. And while women still do the majority of the parenting, the majority of the housework, we know that's still a thing. Um, we know that that's getting better and we have to just continue yeah. to have those conversations, whether um whether it's with parents or non-parents or whatever that looks like. Um, I do think this younger generation, the younger generations are going to um, they do focus more on who they are. I love how Jordan talked about, well, who yeah. am I? Because I, I, I was like that a lot. Like, I worked at Girl Scouts, and that was, like, my identity. And now we own Hopping Gnome. And I'm, like, the HBIC. I'm, like, the gnome gal. So what, yeah. you know, what is my identity? Who am I? And I think the younger generations are much better at figuring that out and being be, and being able to just be themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really my yeah. my little tidbit is just can we just be ourselves? Yeah. And understand that family unit. And I mean, this could be another, you know, spin off of this conversation. So not to get too deep, but just even that idea of like what makes a family. Mm -hmm. And it's traditionally been like the people that you are born from and not. Mm. And, you know, now I feel like there's a lot of people who are really like grasping at more of that chosen family Mm -hmm. because I mean, family units have issues all over the place. Right. And but if you're really like looking at it from a chosen family aspect. Like, I mean, I have numerous nieces and nephews in that, you know, scenario, if we're looking at it from a chosen family, 
unit and any one of them know that if they ever needed anything, Aunt JoJo is just a phone call away. And so I think that's, you know, just kind of another leg of this is that as we're kind of breaking barriers in society, that the family unit doesn't necessarily mean blood relation anymore. Yep. It's mm-hmm. that com- it's community yeah. relation more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So yeah. Jordan, where can, um, everyone go follow you and learn more about what you're doing uh, with your new business. Yeah. So right now, anyone can follow me on Instagram, just on my personal account. It's at J J A Y dot Walker dot 20. And here in the next few weeks, I'll be launching my website bonfirestrategy.com and all of the social presence. So if you follow yeah. me on IG, you'll, you'll hear it when it comes. Very cool. Yes. And we'll make sure to promote yeah. it when you're, when your new site's up too yeah. on Ceiling Breakers. Awesome. So you can look for that by the end of the month. Yeah. So excited. Thank you All for right, joining us. Yes. Everybody have a great week. Fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye.